Good morning, y'all. Man, the worship team's awesome. Can we give it up for the worship team? They are awesome. So I say good morning, you all. For those of you watching online, not from the South, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share with you all. Um, I don't know if you saw in the picture uh, my lovely wife, Morgan, and our three kiddos. Um, can we give it up for Morgan? We actually, next week, will be celebrating 18 years um, of marriage. So she definitely has a lot of patience. Um, in the intro, she mentions that it was a chance meeting between uh, Pastor Daniel and myself um, that led to us attending Better Life. And so I'll, I'll give you a little story on that. So I worked at a sporting goods store. Um, Pastor Daniel came in, was looking for shoes and other things, and so we're at the shoe wall, and I'm talking to him, figuring out what he needs, looking at different stuff, you know, and typical Pastor Daniel, I was like, what about these Nikes, you know, and he was like, what about Jesus, right, and so from that point on, it was like, oh, okay, so we started attending, um, literally that week, um, we started attending, and we've been attending for 15 years, and so, I'll give you a little context, so in 15 years, we have served in just about every area that one can serve in. Um, we have attended small groups, we've hosted small groups, we have uh, participated in community outreach events, we have attended every single marriage night that the church has ever hosted, um, but there is one thing in 15 years that we have never done. So in 15 years, all the events, all the opportunities, neither one of us have ever won a free giveaway. So, so if you're new or like recently started coming, I encourage you just keep coming back and may the odds forever be in your favor, right? Um, so one day we'll win a grill or a spa day, we'll see. Um, so um, before I jump into the message, I would like to uh, say a little prayer here, get us started and then we'll jump into the message. So bow your heads with me. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together to worship you freely and openly. Father, we are blessed by your presence. God, we can feel it in this space. God, please be with me. Allow me to share your word accurately, God. Allow me to touch one person today, God, to encourage them to pursue you. Father, be with those in attendance. Help them to open their hearts and minds, God, that they may receive your word. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's in your name we pray, amen. So. I'm gonna do something a little unorthodox maybe to get us started here. I wanna tell you a, a story. And so um, this story happened, I see GSP here. This story happened in the late 1900s. Um, so, um, <laughs> so I was about eight years old and it was in the dead of winter. And my mother, myself, and my baby sister who was about one at the time, um, we had gone to my grandparents' house to spend the night. See, the reason was our house was very cold. So we had no electric heat. Uh, we had a wood-burning stove for heat in the winter. And we raised the windows and prayed for a breeze in the summer. Uh, and so this winter was very cold and we didn't have any firewood. So we um, had gone to my grandparents' house to spend the night because they fortunately had electric heat. So in the middle of the night, around midnight or one, um, my uncle shows up and um, he was not in his typical state of mind, we'll say that. And uh, he was in an altercation with my grandfather, his father, and that ended in him shooting a 12-gauge shotgun through the house. 
So at this point, my mom decided it was appropriate for us to leave, right? Now, I can still remember, I can close my eyes, and I can still remember the chill on my face as we walked down the road. I can still remember the cold air coming into my lungs, that tightness that you feel. I can still remember the sound of my mother crying as we were walking. So we walked about a mile in the snow, uphill both ways. Um, but no, there was actually a little snow on the ground and it was frigid. Um, so we walked about a mile to a family friend's house and they let us in and we spent the night. Now that's where my memory fades. I don't remember if we had hot chocolate or if we just went straight to bed. Um, but I certainly remember the events that led up to that. And so, if we look at that, right, we see those circumstances of that story and what are some of the challenges that we see? Well, there was no mention of a father in that story. Um, there was mention of poverty, right? There was drugs and alcohol and violence. And so that's some of the challenges that we can pull from that story. Well, those challenges are not unique to me, right? We've all seen challenges. Many people today still face those similar challenges or even worse challenges. Now, I can stand in front of you today at 39 and tell you that the challenges don't stop when you're eight. They're different, right? So as the circumstances of our life change, so do the challenges of our life. Um, so it could be a struggling marriage, loss of a job, a bad diagnosis, right? There's any number of challenges that we continue to face. Um, but I hope to share a story from the Bible today that will encourage you in ways to face challenges and ultimately defeat those challenges. Um, I can stand here in front of you today blessed and say that my children have no experience with what that is like. They don't know those types of challenges. They know other challenges. I am their father. But um, they don't know those challenges, right? So the story I'm gonna look at today in the Bible is the story of Gideon, which is in Judges 6. We'll get to that in a moment. But, um, you know, I feel like we don't talk about Gideon quite as much. You know, he's one of those Mount Rushmore figures of the, of the Bible, right? So we have Noah and Moses, and, and Gideon is in that as well. I particularly like the story of Gideon. I connect with the story of Gideon because Gideon comes from a place of being um, underprivileged, out-resourced by those around him. Um, but he's able to find victory as he finds uh, Christ. So um, we're gonna look into that. And so what we'll do here, I'm gonna jump into the word. Um, and so before I, actually before I do that, I do wanna give you some context. So Gideon and the Israelites, as we see in the, in the Bible, they had turned their back from God and they were facing calamity, right? And then they turned back to God and they have victory, right? And so this is no different. And so in this part of the story prior to Gideon. Um, the Israelites had turned from God and they were being defeated by the Midianites. And so the, Is the Israelites at this time are hiding in caves, right? So they're hiding in caves and they're, they're coming down and they're trying to find food and they, they try to grow crops. But every time they do, the Midianites and other tribes in the area are able to come in and just take everything they have, kill Israelites if they can find them. And so the Israelites are in hiding right? So Gideon is coming from a position where he is very out-resourced, right? So you have to imagine living in a cave, the cold of winter, the heat of summer, right? So Gideon was not in a place where he had a lot of resources to find victory. So we pick up in 
Gideon, or in Judges 6, uh, verse 11 through 18, and it says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, replied Gideon, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And when are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove this is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you, he answered. I will stay here until you return. So I wanna jump into this here. We're gonna go back and kind of dissect out some things here and see what we can take from that message. And so first I wanna give you this picture. So we start out, Gideon's in a wine press, right? So Gideon is in a wine press, and for those of you that don't know, a wine press, particularly in this time, was basically a bunker. So they dug a big hole in the ground, this big circular hole, and they would um, line it with rocks, and so it was about three or four feet deep, and then they would get in there and they would press the grapes, right? So there was a wine press. And now the threshing of wheat, we've seen that in many different Bible stories, right? And there's a several different ways that you can thresh wheat depending on the amount of wheat that you have. So I firmly believe, given the resources that they had at this time, Gideon did not have very much wheat, and he's hiding in a wine press, right? So at this time, how he would have done that would have actually been hitting it with a stick to separate the kernels from the shaft so that they could then go meal and make bread, right? So if you can imagine, right, if you can imagine Gideon here uh, down in this hole, right? So he's in this bunker in this wine press, and so you know, Pastor Daniel always tells us to, to put ourselves in the moment, put ourselves in the story. So I picture Gideon down in this hole, right? And he's down on one knee and he's, you know, he's down in the bunker and he's got his bundle of wheat and he's got a stick and he's threshing the wheat, trying to separate it, right? And then he hears someone call out mighty hero, right? And Gideon doesn't feel like a mighty hero. Now, for those of you, I know we've grown up in the era of superhero movies and action movies, right? Do not picture Thor, Okay, this is not Chris Hemsworth knelt down threshing wheat, right? For the older people, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger and Conan the Barbarian threshing wheat, okay? This guy is hungry, he's dirty, his clothes are torn, right? He's weak, he's tired, right? So he's down here and he's threshing wheat, right? And he hears someone say, mighty hero. And so I picture Gideon being like, you talking to me, right? Like, they found me, oh no, you know, trying to hide from these folks. But God comes to him in the form of an angel and calls him mighty hero, right? The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And so the Lord declared in that moment his potential, which was beyond what he could see, right? So if you think about Gideon in this point of the story, right, he is people are being killed and defeated, they're being starved out, they're hiding in caves, and he's hiding in this bunker, and the Lord calls to him, mighty hero, right? And Gideon has to be confused, what, right? And so what I think about is Gideon in that bunker, 
and he can't see who's calling him at first, right? He's hiding in the bunker. And so Gideon's circumstances are terrible, right? We can't deny that his circumstances are terrible. But think about your life and the circumstances in your life and how many times do they blind you from the Lord, right? How many times do we get caught up in our circumstance, be it money or struggle or loss? And sometimes to begin to get over that circumstance, we have to look up and see the Lord. So the first point I would say is only the Lord knows your potential, right? Only the Lord knows all that you can be. Only the Lord can see that in you at any moment given your circumstance. And so, you know, I picture Gideon, the angel calls to him, mighty hero, Gideon's confusion about, what are you talking about, mighty hero? I am not a mighty hero. I am the least of my tribe, which is the least in Israel. So if you're a football fan, this is Mr. Irrelevant, right? He would be the last pick in the Israeli draft, right? Um, and so how is Gideon going to find success on those challenges right, that he's facing because he has no resources and his people are being defeated. So as we move on through here, the first step I would say is in Judges 6.14, the Lord told him to go with the strength you have, right? So the Lord is aware of his circumstances, of his challenges, of his struggles, of his weariness, right? The Lord understands your struggles and your weakness, my struggles, my weakness, he understands our circumstances. But he says, go with the strength you have. So for me, it says, which is point number two, the Lord asks you to do your best. The Lord asks you, with all of your diligence, to do your best. So find God and do the best you can to get started on defeating these circumstances and challenges in your life. All right, so we see Gideon, the angels encouraging him, go with the strength you have. So I encourage you today, when you wake up in the morning and you, you feel defeated and you realize you're facing another day that's gonna be a struggle, get up and do your best because that's what God is asking. So as we move forward, this for me is where the story starts to make a big turn for Gideon. So at this point, um, and we see in Judges 6.14 and 6.16, the Lord declares, I am sending you and I will be with you. And so the Lord knows given his circumstances and the challenges that the Israelites are facing, that Gideon is not gonna find success by himself. Gideon and the other um, Israelites that are hiding in the caves are not gonna defeat the Midianites. They're not gonna defeat the other tribes. They're not gonna find success. So the way that they can do that is, one, do your best, but two, know that the Lord is with them. So the third point would be, you need the Lord to reach your potential. Just as Gideon will find out, he needs the Lord to reach his potential. And so God tells him, you will have success because I am sending you. You will have success because I will be with you. And he tells him, you will defeat the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And so in this case, we have Gideon who is utterly outmatched, right? Would have no opportunity for success. But God says, do your best and know that I'm with you and you will have success. And so I encourage you, again, to know that the Lord is with you, right? If you take God with you, you can find victory in this life and the next, which we'll talk about later. But you will find success if the Lord is with you. And so in 6, 
17, I, um, I like this part of the story. Um, I think some of us may have opportunity or, or chances where we have probably um, done the same thing here. But, um, you know, Gideon is trying to determine, is this real? Is this really God, right? Is this really the Lord that's speaking to me? And so we see in Judges 6.17 that Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it's really the Lord I'm speaking with. And so, you know, some folks read this and they're like, on, Gideon, you're challenging the Lord, what are you doing? Like, what are you, why would you do that? You know, it's kind of like doubting Thomas. I think he gets a bad rap too. But, you know, you look at this and how many times have we um, gotten advice or pursued a new job or pursued a new relationship, um, tried to find different and new things in life. And what I encourage you is to pursue the Lord, right? So I don't condemn Gideon for asking, is this really you that is speaking to me? Um, I would encourage you to take from this, to read your Bible, to get into prayer, to spend time with the Lord, to meditate on the word, because we do need to confirm that it's God that's sending us. You know, the simplest message that PD talks about is listen to God and do what he tells you to do. All right, we're gonna listen to Jesus and do what he tells us to do. And in this case, I think it's important that we each in our day-to-day take the time to confirm when we're being led to start a, a new business or we're being led into a new relationship or to, uh, you know, where we're gonna go to college, where, what am I gonna major in? All those things, we need to lean on the Lord and we need to let the Lord's will lead us and guide us. And so I encourage you to do that. So that's the fourth point, right? Confirm that the Lord is guiding you. Right, so confirm that the Lord is the one that's sending you and guiding you. So again, get into our word and pray. So we need to, one, look for the Lord. Two, know that the Lord, um, that you need the Lord to reach your potential. Three, confirm the Lord is guiding you. And so Gideon, I'll give you the, the end of this story before we get to the final point. So Gideon and the Israelites are able to find success. They're able to defeat the Midianites and find success and turn to God. And Gideon becomes a, a judge of Israel and finds a great success in life. And so God saw that potential in him before when he was in a wine press, probably starving, right? Missing meals and sleep and was cold in, in the winter in caves and hot in the summer in caves. But God saw his potential beyond all that. And so I encourage you all, again, to get into word, to reach for God, to, to know that the Lord is leading you. Um, and so as we move towards uh, the next point, right, the Lord, this is my favorite, the Lord tells Gideon that I will stay here until you return. Right, so Gideon's like, I need to go and confirm that it's you, Lord, that's talking to me. And the Lord says, okay, I'll stay here until you return. Right, And so for me, that gives me peace, that gives me hope to know that the Lord is willing to wait, right? The Lord has eternity, we do not. So the Lord can wait for us. My encouragement for you is don't make him wait. I can tell you my life changed when God entered my life. I'm blessed with a 
wonderful wife, three kids, um, peace that I've never had in a childhood um, because of the support of the Lord. And so the, the fifth point I'll say is the Lord is waiting on you. My, my challenge to you is don't keep him waiting, right? We all hope for more. Now more may be more stuff, it may be more peace, it may be more relationships, deeper relationships. That doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have be rich and famous and all those types of things, but we all hope for more, right? And the best way to get there, my, my thought is the only way to get there is with the Lord. And so to know that the Lord is waiting on you is so calming to my spirit. But again, I encourage you to not keep him waiting. Um, you know, the Lord wants to help you reach your fullest potential. He wants to be there for you, helping you along the way. All that you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Know that he is a risen God and follow him. Um, so if you will, I'll ask you all to bow your head. Think about those challenges that you faced in life and found victory. Think about the challenges you face now and want victory, need victory. Know that God sees your circumstance. He sees those things in front of you that for now may seem insurmountable, may feel like you can't find victory over those things but know that God is waiting on you to accept him. And at that point, God can help you reach your fullest potential, overcome all your challenges and your circumstances and help you find victory in life that's beyond what you can imagine. So I encourage you today to not keep him waiting and to reach out to God. Father God, thank you so much for these stories and lessons that we find in your word. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn, God, from the lessons, to apply them to our lives, God, to find victory in this life, and most importantly, victory in the next, Father. Having you as Lord and Savior, guarantees us victory over eternity, victory over death. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, the price he paid on the cross. I ask right now that you encourage anyone and everyone to uh, not keep you waiting, but to pursue you daily, God. Apply the lessons that we find in Bible in our lives, God, to reach for you and know that peace and comfort and victory comes from you 